Hi folks, FPL General here recording a new episode of my 59th minute FPL podcast. Recording on Tuesday, November 19th. Thankfully, the final international break until March is almost over. Uh, And once Game Week 13 rolls around this weekend, it's going to be a crazy couple of weeks. I think we've got something like nine game weeks in in 40 days. So December is going to be absolutely bonkers and and hopefully full of green arrows. So hopefully, hopefully the podcast will help you achieve those. Hopefully talking through my own thoughts every week will help me to get a few green arrows as well. So going to follow the usual format this week. Going to get straight into it. Shoutouts going way back to game week 12. It, it feels like a long time ago now. I, I think there was three 59-minute appearances. So three new members to the 59th-minute club. Iose Perez of Leicester, Leandro Trossard of Brighton, and Andre Gray at Watford. So three new members. I think that brings it up to about 10 or 11 players in total now. Nobody's managed two 59-minute appearances yet, but... I'm sure over this busy period, we're going to get lots of rotation, lots of substitutions, and there'll be plenty of shout-outs. I'm going to, have to, going to have to keep my eyes peeled over the next few weeks to make sure I don't miss any of those. Just in relation to those guys, uh, obviously Perez has been, you know, he got his hat-trick recently. But, you know, just looking at his numbers, he, he hasn't played 90 minutes once this season, so he always gets taken off early. So that, that always puts me off the likes of Perez. And, and Harvey Barnes is similar for, for Leicester as well. Uh, Trossard, I'm going to talk to him. I've removed him from the watch list. Number one, I don't like that early substitution, and I don't like the fixtures for Brighton either. Uh, and Andre Gray, that was a you know he was very close to a 59th minute shout-out a couple of weeks ago. He's had a 58 and a 59 now, so I think Gray is one one to stay away from in FPL. As I said, Game Week 12 is quite a while ago now, so I'm just going to do a very quick review uh, of how it went for me. I went into the, the international break with a, with a nice 100k green arrow. I went from about 388k overall, jumped up to 283k, so I'm, I'm very happy with where I am at the minute, and hopefully over these you know next five or six weeks, I can push on. It would be nice to be around 100k around you know New Year. And then really hopefully push on second half of the season. So I'm very happy with how the season's going. Very happy with my squad overall. Wildcard is still there for whenever I need it. I'm going to talk about it later because there's there's a question about it. Um, I took a minus four going into game week 12. I got rid of Salah, Mopai and Greenwood. And I brought in Tielemans, Vardy Captain and Jimenez. So that was... Pretty sweet transfers. I mean, even though Salah scored, it didn't bother me too much because the three guys I brought in all delivered. Uh, it was nice to get a captaincy haul for a change. And overall, I think that minus four, it was just a nice little shake-up before the busy period. Moving to a 3-4-3. Overall, I feel like my squad's in good shape now. You know, it's going to be 3-4-3 with Trent, Robertson and Lundstrom at the back for the next couple of weeks, probably the next five weeks. That leaves the likes of Tamori and Rico on the bench. So I've I've got bench players as well, decent options to come in if there is, you know, rotation and injury. So overall pretty happy. It was 72 points with the minus four, that was a 68. Positives, Nick Pope, clean sheet, bonus points, not you know, that was well overdue. He's been he's been quite disappointing actually this season, Nick Pope. When you compare, you know, Burnley goalkeepers to previous seasons, there's a question about goalkeepers as well. So I'll come back to Nick Pope. 
Robertson got the assist for the Salah goal, so that softened the blow for me a little bit as someone who sold Salah going into Game Week 12. Tielemans, Tammy Abraham, Jimenez, Vardy all delivered. Uh, I benched Tomori for his nine-pointer, which was frustrating, but again, I don't worry too much about bench points. I try and look at them you know, positively rather than negatively. I've got a good option there, Tomori on the bench. Even if he's scoring points, at least he can come in you know, in those weeks that I will need him. Negatives as well. Uh, nothing from Trent. Uh, nothing from Lundstrom. Lundstrom did have three shots in the box, so he hit the hit the woodwork on another day. He would be looking at another healthy return from Lundstrom. So not bothered by his two-pointer. He's going to be in my starting 11 against United. He's going to be in my starting 11 for the next five game weeks. You know, we, the, the only games I'll probably consider benching Lundstrom for are... Liverpool and Man City games and, and even in those you never know the guy the guy is a, is a legend uh, so Lundstrom is a permanent fixture in my starting 11 now he's not going to be on my bench anytime soon nothing from De Bruyne who's been disappointing the last couple of weeks again I'll come to him when it when it comes to making my transfers I've got a decision this week you know like a lot of people do I lose De Bruyne or do I lose Sterling to get Manny um, and I think I'm going to hold on to De Bruyne and get rid of Sterling. But again, I'll come back to that at the, towards the end of the podcast. Nothing from Mason Mount either. He's been, again, a little bit disappointing in recent weeks. But, you know, the bigger picture, I got him in at 6.5 million. And, and he's been he's been great for me this season. So I know a lot of people are thinking about selling him, maybe for Pulisic or some other options around a similar price. Again, a couple of questions about Mason Mount later. So I'll come back to all those players that, that I mentioned there. So overall, Game 12 was a good one. Nice green arrow, so hopefully I can carry that into the next couple of weeks now and just keep climbing. Next up, I'm going to talk about my watch list. So I updated it right after game week 12, so added four or five players and removed probably a similar number as I do most weeks. So starting with the positives, the players I've added to my watch list, uh, Pulisic, who I mentioned. I, I didn't have him on my watch list because, number one, I've got three Chelsea players already in Mount Abraham and Tomori so I can't fit him in easily the other reason I didn't have him on the watch list was because of you know fear of rotation but I think given his form in recent weeks he's got five goals in his last three 37 FPL points over the last three games which is which is huge I think he's played his way into the starting 11 now it's going to be very hard for, for Frank to drop him and he's, he's passing the eye test as well he just looks really good gets lots of shots away you know he's playing you know he seems to be in the box a lot more often than Mason Mount is these days so I can understand why people are looking to make the switch from Mount to Pulisic I think that is you know I'm never a big fan of sideways moves but I think that is an upgrade you know it is sideways but I think it is an upgrade 7.4 million Pulisic is now the only issue is he does have Man City this weekend, so I think it's fine to wait, even though I think Chelsea can get at that Man City defence at the weekend. I think even if you do get Pulisic this weekend, you start him, and he could get you something against City. But I think it's fine to wait till game week 14, give him another week, you know, have a look at him and, and see what you think. Uh, underlying stats as well, had a quick look on Fantasy Football Hub for Pulisic. 13 penalty area touches uh, in game week 12 and also six shots in the box against Crystal Palace so he's passing the eye test and, and the stats are backing it up as well so I think Pulisic is I think he's emerged now as a really really exciting FPL prospect uh, I'm definitely interested I mean I've got three Chelsea so I'm, I'm probably not going to do it uh, anytime soon but I think anyone who, who maybe only has two Chelsea players or can can get to him easier than I can I, I you know I am warming to Pulisic now 
Another player I've added after game week 12 is Adama Traore at Wolves. I've watched the last couple of Wolves games and they're just very exciting to watch when, when this guy is playing on the wing. He's he's You just can't defend against him. It's He's an absolute nightmare for defenders, his pace and power. Um, 5.2 million now, so he's, he's a very... You know, he's a very tempting price. I'm tempted to maybe bring him in for the busy period. If I can find a way of turning Cantwell into Traore, I like that idea. Even if, you know, even if it means Traore is my first sub most of the time, I think, you know, I th- he's, a very, he's a very good option as a first sub because he's the kind of player, you know, most weeks he's probably going to get you two points. But, you know, like we've seen a couple of weeks ago, he can get 15 or 16 points in any given game week just because of the kind of player he is. Uh, he's got two goals and two assists now for the season. I think he's got quite a few assists in the Europa League as well, as far as I know. He, he got a great assist for Jimenez in game week 12. That that assist he got for Jimenez kind of showed me that Traore is really maturing as a player. You know, we've seen it seen it in recent seasons where he you know he gets you know he beats players for fun, but then when he gets in the final third, he doesn't always make good decisions. But I think he's making a lot more good decisions now in the final third and that that was a very uh, a very smart cutback for Jimenez to get that goal last in game week 12. He hit the crossbar as well in that game. You know, it was a typical Traore. He got into the final third, wasn't sure what to do and just had a pop and hit the crossbar. So on another day it would have been a goal and an assist and probably quite a few more bonus points as well. So Another thing I like about Traore this season is he's getting a lot of game time. So I had a look. In the last nine games, he has he's played 90 minutes. And I think that's key for a player like Traore because if he's if he's playing 90 minutes, what you'll find is, you know, late in games, if 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 the if Wolves opponents are chasing the game, they're going to leave a lot of space. And Traore is the ideal player to have for the counter-attack in those situations. So I like the fact that he's playing 90 minutes because you know, late in games, that's when he can do his damage. I think I think that's what we've seen against Man City when he scored two goals. I think, as far as I remember, at least one of them goals came late, if not both. So, I really like Traore. I think a lot of people are going to be put off him by his, maybe his last couple of seasons. If you look at his numbers, you know, they're not good for, for the game time he's got. But another thing I like about him is Nuno came out after the game in the press conference and praised him just about how much he's working uh, to improve and he's obviously got the backing of his manager which is great as well another reason why people might be put off Traore is because he's played right wing back quite a few times this season but for me that actually doesn't put me off him because I watch Wolves when when Traore's on the wing and Doherty's playing wing back Doherty still finds himself in the box so if Traore does find himself playing wing back again, you know it's not going to stop him. He's still going to have license to get forward and get in the box. So, I think Traore is a really, really good option, and I'm definitely interested. If I can find a way, as I said, if I've got a luxury transfer at some point over the next few weeks, and I can get from Cantwell to Traore, I like that idea. Um, looking ahead as well, a lot of people are starting to think about game week 18 now, where Liverpool don't play. Liverpool and West Ham have a blank game week. And if you look at the fixtures in that game week, uh, Wolves are away to Norwich. And we know any FPL player playing against Norwich is a good option. So I think that's another that's another plus in, in Traore's favour, that he's got a nice fixture in that black, blank game week. So if you're someone that's going to maybe bench your Liverpool players that week, you know, Traore can come into play for you for, you, for that nice fixture. Chris Wood, Burnley, 6.2 million. Another player who is back on my watch list, having been on it earlier in the season. 
He missed a couple of games with injury, but he he has scored five goals in his last five appearances. It would have been six in five if it wasn't for a a pretty tight VAR call that ruled out one of his goals uh, in game week 12. A bit like Triori, I like Chris Wood because he's playing 90 minutes a lot. He's played 90 minutes in the last five games, whereas Ashley Barnes has only played 90 minutes once over those five games. I think Wood is the best Burnley striker at the moment over Barnes. Yeah, easier, easy for me to say that anyway. When when Ashley Barnes dried up when I when I got him in earlier in the season, so I do like I do like Chris Wood. Fixtures are a bit of a mixed bag. I'm just getting them up in front of me here for Burnley, Watford and Crystal Palace next, which is fine. But then it's Man City and Spurs. So Man City home, Spurs away. So it is a bit mixed for Chris Wood, but you know he's in great form. Uh, and, and I do like Burnley uh, when, when it comes to FPL. Looking at some of the underlying stats again, Chris Wood, game week 12, was top four shots on target with four. So again, underlying stats there are, are looking good for Chris Wood as well. Another Burnley player who has made his way onto my watch list this week is Charlie Taylor, 4.2 million. He's He's got his he's got his place back now. You know, Eric Peters came in there game week one because Taylor had an injury going into the season. But after a couple of disappointing results, Taylor has found his way back in at left back. Completed his first ninety minutes of the season in game week twelve. So I think Taylor will keep his place now after that clean sheet. Just a nice cheap route into a Burnley defence, which we know over the last couple of seasons, when it comes to, you know, lesser sides who are Fairly reliable for for clean sheets here and there. You know Burnley are pretty good, um, so I like Taylor. You know you probably you don't want to start him every week, but if you're if you're looking for a cheap defender uh, as maybe a rotation with a, with another player in your team, whether it's a defender or or, or another position, I think Taylor is one to look at now. Um, maybe you might want to give him another week or two just to be a hundred percent sure he's going to keep that place. But I I think he will given given that they got the clean sheet there. Um, Sean Dice tends to be pretty loyal to, to his players, you know, if they're performing well. So I think Taylor is a safe bet now. When it comes to players that I've removed from the watch list, pretty self-explanatory, these guys. Mendy and Cancelo are both gone. If you're not going to play these guys against Liverpool, they can't be trusted uh, for FPL. So I'm, I've got no interest in Man City defence at the minute. You know, Ederson is the only safe one there, uh, and, I, and I don't want to pay a premium price for a goalkeeper. Uh, Trossard is gone as I mentioned don't like the fixtures don't like the fact he came off early uh, another Brighton player Connolly is gone from the watch list as well he's played he's only managed 45 minutes twice in the last couple of weeks he is yet to play 90 minutes this season so Connolly I don't like him I still think he's a fine option as a, maybe a first or a second sub but in my setup now I've got Vardy Jimenez Abraham so I'm not looking for a, for a budget striker so Connolly's gone um, Jota's gone as well. I, I was very close. You know, I was weighing up Jimenez versus Jota going into game week 12. I was considering getting Jota maybe as a bit of a differential, but I'm, I'm glad I went for Jimenez now, the, the safer option. Uh, Jota came off early and got a yellow card, which kind of sums him up uh, over the last two seasons. He's He's got all the potential in the world, Jota, to be a you know an excellent FPL asset, but more often than not, he's quite a frustrating player to own. So yeah, I'm, I'm happy I went for Jimenez over Jota. Moving into the questions now from Twitter. Thanks to everyone who sent them in. I put up the tweet yesterday. I think there was about 95 replies on this. So I'm going, I've picked out uh, six or seven of the best ones that will cover some of the main talking points this week. Uh, first one came in from FPL Ferry. 
a very good Twitter account. Make sure you give give uh, FPL Ferry a follow. Uh, he asks, what is the optimal time to wildcard for people like us who are clutching onto it? Um, good question. I think this question as well, I'm going to tackle it from both perspectives. You know, for people, you know, with, with game week, with blank game week 18 in mind as well. Uh, I think whether you have your wildcard or not, I think now you really need to start thinking about game week 18 and, and how your team is going to look there. Um, for people like myself and Ferry who have still have the wild card, I think it's going to make it's obviously going to make navigating that blank game week a little bit easier for us. But the question then is, when do you actually activate it? Do you do it in eighteen? Do you do it in nineteen? Or do you do it in twenty? So, or, or or do you do it before then? So for me personally, I'm quite happy with my squad. Um, looking at the next five game weeks before game week eighteen, I'm I'm very happy. You know, I've got I've got I'm going to have triple Liverpool before. The weekend rolls around. I've got my two Leicester. You know, I've got a City player. I've got Jimenez. I've got Lundstrom. So I'm pretty happy just to attack the next five game weeks without the wild card. My, you know, without having done too much looking into it yet, the the last time the wild card can be used is so you have to use the wild card before the game week twenty deadline, which is Saturday morning, the twenty eighth of December. So my initial thinking is probably hopefully maybe save two free transfers going into game week 18 and then possibly losing you know one or two Liverpool players with the idea of getting them back on the wild card then now looking at the fixtures around that as well Liverpool have so Liverpool don't play game week 18 then they've got Leicester away game week 19 which is a which is a tricky fixture um so if I was to lose let's say I was to lose Manny and Robertson for game week 18 I wouldn't be in a mad rush to get them back in then for game week 19 uh, because it's Leicester away and I wouldn't expect you know massive points there for the Liverpool asset. So game week 20, then they've got Wolves at home. So to me, that feels like a better time maybe to get them back in. And obviously game week 20 is the last last time you can play the wild card. So my initial thinking is I'm probably going to go that route, try and save two free transfers for game week 18 and then wild card in game week 20. Now, there's a couple of issues there as well. You know, real life is going to get in the way here because for anyone who wants to wildcard in game week 19, that is your, you know, boxing day. That's your Christmas day boxing day. So you're going to have to worry about your wildcard, you know, maybe Christmas day in the evening or, you know, or boxing day morning, which I just don't want to do that. You know, <laughs> the other reason, the other issue with that is it's it's very dangerous because if you're like me, you like a few drinks over Christmas and you don't want to, you know, have have a few drinks Christmas Day or, or, you know, be out Christmas night and then wake up with a hangover on Boxing Day morning and have to put a wildcard squad together before half 11. So again, that's another reason why I'm probably going to wait till Game Week 20. The issue, you know, Game Week 20 is not ideal either because the Game Week 19 ends with a Friday night fixture. I think it's Wolves Man City on a Friday night. And then it's your Saturday morning deadline. So you've basically only got a couple of hours, you know, to, to finalise your wildcard squad there as well. So I think the most important thing, I think something I always do over Christmas, the, you know, the busy period, is the first thing you should do is write down when all the deadlines are. You know, just make a, on a post-it note, I, I just do a post-it note and, and stick it on my laptop, when the deadlines are, because it's, if you're ever going to miss a deadline, it's going to be during the, during the busy period. So get that right first of all, and, and then decide when, when the best time to play it is. But for me, that that's my initial thinking. I'm going to leave it right to the last minute. Game me 20, you know, maybe if I've, I've lost a few Liverpool players, get them back in. 
uh, you know, if I do lose Liverpool players for game week 18, you know, I can take advantage of some of the teams that have good fixtures game week 18 and 19. So I'll be taking a short term punt before a wild card. I think Aston Villa have Southampton and Norwich at home at that in that period. I think Manchester United might have decent fixtures. I think they've got Watford and Newcastle possibly. So that that's my thinking in terms of for people who have the wild card. I think game week 20 might be the best time to do it. Uh, for those who don't have a wild card, I think the most important thing for you is to th- start thinking about game week 18 now. I think most importantly your bench. You know, If you're going to keep your Liverpool players and bench them, if you're going to bench two or three Liverpool players game week 18, you need to have bench players who can come in. So if you're rolling at the minute with maybe a 3.9 million defender on your bench who doesn't play, maybe someone like Cantwell who's not very reliable... Um, start thinking about that and start addressing it and maybe start improving your bench over the next couple of weeks uh, with game week 18 in mind and it's not just game week 18 you know benches are going to be required over the busy period games are going to come every three or four days players are going to get rotated you know your bench is going to be needed so focus on that I've seen a few people mention free hit game week 18 for me that is just a no-go strategy simply because if you look at the fixtures in game week 18 um, they're not great, you know. I mean, where are you where are you going to go with your free hit? I don't think there's too many gains to be made by using a free hit in game week 18. I think it will be better served to keep that free hit for later in the season, most likely for the big blank game week, okay, whenever that is. So for me, I would prepare for game week 18 now over the next five weeks rather than using your free hit in that. I don't. I don't. I think that could be a bit of a waste of a free hit chip. Just my opinion. I mean, people will probably play it and do really well out of it, but I think it's much better probably to prepare over the next few weeks and, and be able to keep that chip for the second half of the season. Uh, so that's just a few thoughts on blank game week 18 and wildcards all rolled into one. Again, I think the key thing is make sure you know when them deadlines are because they will come thick and fast. Like I said, there's going to be game weeks finishing on a Friday game week starting next morning so so make sure you know when, when those are question from Duncan Hadland uh, very simple question one word with a question mark mount so what do we do with Mason Mount a lot of people are getting cold feet and starting to move away from him to me I feel like maybe people might be moving away too early you know it's it comes down to value for me I got him at 6.5 I think he's 6.8 now. He has six attacking returns in 12 appearances. That's really good for a you know a 6.5 million midfielder. Playing for a Chelsea team who are looking really good going forward. So there could be more returns to come there. Uh, yes, Pulisic is probably looking better at the minute. But the only, you know, I'm saying this, I, I may end up selling out myself in, a, in a, you know maybe two or three weeks time if he continues to, to be quiet. But I'm happy to keep him a little bit longer, give him a bit more time. The only, you know, when I look at alternatives for Mason Mount, there's not that many. You know, Telemans is probably the best one around the same price point. I've already got him. Then you're probably looking at maybe John McGinn or Jack Grealish at Villa. Um, And Villa have got a couple of, you know, tricky fixtures coming up, 14, 15 and 16. And they've got United, Chelsea and Leicester. And then Sheffield United, which is another tough one. So... The only reason I would sell Mount would be either to downgrade to, you know, improve maybe a striker, you know, if it's a double switch, or just to upgrade him to maybe a Pulisic or a Martial or these, you know, more expensive midfielders. Otherwise, I don't like any of the, you know, alternatives for Mason Mount really. 
uh, at the same price for me to to get rid of them. So mount's going to stay for me for a couple of weeks, and I'll just reassess it then. But again, you know, like anyone who sells mason mount, I, I don't think that's an issue either. I think it's it's one of those. I seem to be saying this on every podcast, you know, these days. I think it's one of those where it's fine to keep them, but it's also fine to sell them. Uh, next question came in from Nimrod Kadosh. Can we consider a Sheffield United defensive double up? And if so, who would you pair with Lord Lundstrom? So, yeah, I think a lot of people will be looking at maybe doubling up on Sheffield United defence. Maybe not this weekend because it's Manchester United. Uh, but again, I wouldn't be surprised if, if um, the Blades can, can keep a clean sheet there against us this weekend. They've, they've been so good. They're, they're just so well organised. Uh, I think they will frustrate us uh, this weekend. Obviously, Henderson can't play this weekend. Once that fixture's out of the way, I think a lot of people will be looking to him as their goalkeeper. I think if I was to double up, I think for me the most likely scenario is to go from Pope to Henderson when when Burnley's fixtures get a little bit trickier, which is which is soon, I'm probably not going to get a, a second defender. And just because I'm in a 3-4-3 and I've got the two Liverpool guys and Lundstrom, so I don't really have space for a, for another defender. If I was to go for a defender, for anyone who can do that, I, I think I like Baldock most because of his price, uh, because he's a wing-back, you know, he gets forward a lot. He probably should have more attacking returns than he has this season, going on the eye test. You know, missed, missed quite a few good chances this, this season. Uh, got his first goal in game me 12, and I think I think he's capable of getting a few more goals this season as well, the way, the way he plays. I really like Stevens as well on the left. But again, it's 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 probably 0.6 more roughly. So I think you're getting it's it's you know much of a muchness there between those two. So I like the cheaper guy in that case. If you want another centre back, I think I would go for O'Connell. Yeah, I think Egan picked up a calf injury for Ireland last night. So keep an eye on that one if you're looking at Egan. But yeah, I think Baldock is the guy. Baldock is the guy who would go alongside Lundstrom if you want two defenders. Otherwise, I think Henderson. Henderson Lundstrom is probably the best, the best double up. Question from Vasa Gold: Vardy captain set and forget? Question mark? Question mark? This is something I'm thinking about myself. So I mentioned on the last podcast that I was going to go for the Manny Vardy double up for the next few weeks and just captain. You know, I think I said I would captain Manny maybe four out of five, and then Vardy when he plays Norwich. But I'm. You know, I'm more interested in Vardy now. Given that he did well for me and gave me 12, I'm, I'm, I tend to be quite loyal with players who do well for me. So the armband is on Vardy for me at the minute for game week 13 because I actually don't own Manny yet. I haven't haven't made that transfer yet. Um, looking at Leicester's fixtures, next five, uh, Brighton away, Everton home, Watford home, Villa away, Norwich home. There's a very strong case to be made for just stick the armband on Jamie and just leave it there for the next five weeks. I may end up doing it myself. You know, the more I think about it, I like that idea. Um, but again, there probably will be a couple of weeks where it, where I probably would prefer Manny over Vardy. But you know, it's I'm going to come to captaincy soon. But it's it's very tricky this week. I think Manny versus Vardy. It's a, it's a really tricky call this week, and it's one I'm going to struggle with. I think, and I may end up just sticking with the guy who did well for me last week in Vardy. Um, so set and forget Vardy next five weeks. I think it's a viable strategy, and it's something I'm thinking about myself. Question from FPL Thinker. FPL Thinker wants, he says, give me a low ownership differential 
uh, and he mentions Gineppo at Southampton, just a bit of a you know off the wall shout. Um, I'm going to throw in here a bit. He's a bit like Traore, uh, Saint Maximin at Newcastle. He, he's he's a similar player, you know, bags of speed and power, uh, very unpredictable, but you know potential to score lots of FPL points. He he rattled the crossbar and gave me twelve from about four yards out. He, he you know. He, he it was probably about 100 miles an hour the shot he could have just placed it but he, he's that kind of player uh, 5.4 million uh, fixtures are decent for Newcastle I think um, again I'm not I'm not saying go out and buy this guy but if you really want to have a bit of fun uh, why not why not just get Gineppo St. Maximin and, and Traore as a three man midfield and just go just have a bit of fun with it but yeah no I'm not I'm not saying that but if you really want a, something different St. Maximin I think could be a could be a differential for that for the next couple of weeks Question from Heskibo, uh, what to do with Man City midfielders? Now, Heskibo asked this question, as did about 25 other people. Um, you know, I, I'm asking myself the same question this week. I've got De Bruyne and I've got Sterling. My plan this week is Sterling to, to Mane, and I think I will follow through with it. It is, it's always hard to sell a Man City attacker. You know, it is hard to sell Sterling because I can see him doing well against Chelsea. But I think, you know, Manny is the guy I want to own more for the next five weeks. He's more reliable in terms of starts as well uh, over the busy period. So I think I will just stick to the plan and make that switch and just be done with it. What to do with Man City midfielders? Again, I think it's fine to keep them. It's fine to sell them. I think I would like to have at least one of them. I don't like the idea of having no Man City midfielders. So I think... I don't think it matters too much who you own out of De Bruyne or Sterling. I think as long as you have one of them, I think is a, is a good idea. Um, I've still got a lot of faith in De Bruyne, even though he's been quiet the last couple of weeks. I still think he will prove to be better value over the course of the season. Uh, and I just like um, I just like the cash that Sterling frees up uh, rather than selling De Bruyne. But I think you know selling either or is justified looking at the stats and, and, and the eye tests in recent weeks. Sterling probably was the best Man City player in my eyes and gave me 12, which is making it hard for me to sell him. Um, you know, There is a small chance I'll change my mind and just bank my transfer this week, but I, I think at this point I'm just going to stick to the plan and go Sterling to Manny and not, not overthink it. Um, so yeah, Man City midfielders is a tricky one. I think they will come back firing and, and you know, you know, people who say the title race is over, I think that is... I don't think that's the case. I think City will still play a big role. Uh, I think they'll come out of the traps next couple of weeks and, and blow a couple of teams away as they're capable of. So, yeah, I, I think I think keeping Man City midfielders is fine. The main reason I'm I'm going to do Sterling to, to Manny is because I'm not going to captain Sterling over the next five game weeks. So I'm more likely to captain Manny for a couple of games. So that's why I'm going to make that switch. And I, you know I don't have a man. I don't have a Liverpool attacker at the minute, and I don't like that. So if I go Sterling to Manny, that's going to give me a Man City attacker in De Bruyne, and it's going to give me a Liverpool attacker in Manny as well. And I feel a lot, I feel a lot better having one of each rather than maybe two from one and none from the other. Question from Omar: Is Pope still worth keeping? And if not, who is the best budget goalkeeper for a long run of game weeks? So I've got Nick Pope. I'm going to give him. Um, I'm going to give him the Watford and Crystal Palace game. And depending how he does there, and if I've got a transfer free that I can use before Pope plays Man City and Spurs, I might make a switch um, to to probably Henderson or Matt Ryan. I think those two guys are the best budget goalkeepers this season. Uh, Henderson, Sheffield United are just excellent defensively, and and then Matt Ryan just 
racks up the saves, racks up the bonus points. It's absolutely crazy. After 12 games, Matt Ryan has 11 bonus points. That is absolutely huge. Uh, he Brighton got beat 3-1 by Manchester United, and, and Matt Ryan still comes out of it with, with three bonus points, you know, and not saving a penalty. Um, so I think Ryan is... Ryan might be the best goalkeeper in the game this season, uh, closely followed by Henderson. I really like Kasper Schmeichel as well. For anyone who's got that little bit of extra cash and they don't mind spending, you know, five point two million on a goalkeeper, I think Kasper could, you know, do really well over the next couple of weeks. The thing with him is, doesn't get many bonus points, doesn't get many save points. So I probably do prefer Ryan or Henderson for a cheaper price. So I'm not really now keeping Pope for the season. But I, I do see myself maybe moving to one of those guys uh, over the next few weeks. So I'm going to give Pope the next two and then reassess that one. Moving into captaincy and transfers now for game week 13. I put a poll on Twitter this morning for captaincy. Uh, I just said if you owned all four of Vardy, Manny, Aubameyang and Sterling, who would you captain this week? When I looked at it last, it was about 2,000 votes on that. Uh, Vardy came in on top with 41%, Manny was second with 24%, Aubameyang third on 18%, just ahead of Sterling on 17%. Um, Obviously there's other options as well this week, but I think those four are probably going to be the most popular. Um, I'm on Vardy at the minute because I don't have Manny. Um, I'm I'm, I'm hoping to hold off making that transfer until Friday. I've got 0.1 million uh, wiggle room there on that transfer so there's no need for me to pull the trigger just yet so hopefully I can just wait and get all the information after the international games and then just do it last minute um, so for me it will be Vardy versus Manny if I follow through with that transfer which I would say I'm probably 75% no probably more probably 90% sure of, of doing uh, at this point uh, so Vardy versus Manny, I'm going to think over that for the for the next couple of days. I think most likely I'll stick with Vardy. Um, just a man in form, you know, he's on penalties. Manny isn't. Um, Brighton are, you know, they have been good at home defensively, but they were they were pretty open against Manchester United last time out. Uh, Webster's injured, Dunk is suspended, so I think that could be good news for Vardy there as well. That just might tilt it in his favour. Um, with Manny as well I think Manny a lot depends on Salah for me with Manny I think I would rather captain Manny if I knew Salah was going to play I think if Salah doesn't play that might negatively affect um, Manny I think it just weakens their their front three overall Uh, so again that might be another reason why I lean towards Vardy Um, Aubameyang if I owned him home to Southampton I think he's a really good option I think if you own Aubameyang, you've probably got a captain him in that game. Uh, Sterling as well. As I said, I'm probably going to sell him, but I can see him punishing me right away. Uh, Sterling captaincy, I do like it for that Chelsea fixture as well because I can see that being a high-scoring game. I think Chelsea will come out and play, come out and attack. So I, I, I think if there was, if I had to call a game this weekend, it's going to be the highest scoring. I think it would be Man City Chelsea. So I do like um, Sterling for the captaincy there as well. Uh, one name I'll throw in here as as a, as a differential captain this week. I don't have him, and not many people have him. 
But I think if you do have him, you've got to consider him for captaincy. Richarlison, Everton, home to Norwich. Again, anyone who plays Norwich, particularly at home, you've got to consider them for the captain's armband. Richarlison has been has been looking pretty good to me in terms of the ITS last couple of games as well. So I think he will be my captain in quite a few of my my daily fantasy lineups this weekend. Um, you know, fully expect Everton to to beat you know put three or four past that Norwich defence. Moving into transfers, you know, I've mentioned it. It's pretty straightforward for me this week. It's either stick to the plan, Sterling to Manny, easy peasy, or backtrack on the plan and just bank my transfer. So I think, as I said, most likely I'm just going to stick to it. Sterling to Manny, then I really like my team for the next five game weeks and hopefully I can start banking a few transfers here and there. Um, if I do Sterling to Manny, that will leave me with a setup of Pope and Goal, Trent, Robertson, Lundstrom at the back. Um, Manny, De Bruyne, Tielemans, Mount in midfield and Vardy, Jimenez, Abraham up front That to me that, that is a really good squad for the next five game weeks and then I've got Tomori and Rico on the bench who are decent options who can come in and do a job for me as well depending on, on their fixture so I'm pretty happy with how I'm set up um, hopefully I can smash the next five game weeks and then you know manoeuvre around that uh, game week 18 blank with the wild card in hand um, so I think that's most things covered f- ahead of game week 13 thanks as always for listening folks um, if you want to hear more from me patreon.com forward slash FPL general I'll be recording a Friday podcast which will go through the, the press conferences my final captaincy decisions my final transfers all that kind of stuff I do that every Friday for patrons uh, recorded a fantasy weekly podcast on Monday it should be available on Wednesday that's always a really good one as well with lots of good content good stats so check that one out when it's available i'll be taking part in the the grand weekend on fantasy bet this weekend as i usually do hoping to continue my good form i've been in the money the last two game weeks so hopefully i can make it three in a row there fantasybet.com 18 plus and begambleaware.org i think richarlison hopefully richarlison will fire me into the money i'm going to give him the armband in at least one of my lineups this weekend probably have triple everton in quite quite a few of them uh, good luck in Game Week 13, folks. Uh, it's good to have FPL back. It's going to be a fun couple of weeks. Going to be a lot of movement in ranks in many leagues over the, the, the end of November and, and, and the month of December. I think there's 63 Premier League games in the month of December, so... I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say goodbye, goodbye to my wife on Friday and tell her I'm gonna talk to her again on January first uh, because it's gonna be a lot of games to watch over over the next couple of weeks. So looking forward to it. Um, I'll be back next Tuesday with another episode. Cheerio. <laughs>